find yourself a real estate professional that you trust, find a lender that can work with you on getting financing that you can structure that works for you and do it. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, are you looking for some financing, maybe some more money to do your fix and flip projects? Are you looking to grow your fix and flip business? Well, guess what? Got a solution for you. It's Fun That Flip. You know Fun That Flip. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the show multiple times. He's a friend of mine, and they love working with the best ever listeners. They provide short-term fix-and-flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days that quick. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We have spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author Rich Dad Poor Dad, Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer, and also real estate developer. And today, I'm pleased to say we're speaking to Karen Briscoe. How you doing, Karen? Hey, thanks for having me, Joe. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Karen. She is the principal of Huckabee Briscoe Conroy Group. She is an author of Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed. She's a contributor online to both Inman and Real Trends and speaks nationally on her book. Her group has sold over 1,000 homes valued at over $1 billion. That's with a B. She is based in McLean, Virginia. With that being said, Karen, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Well, my career has been predominantly in the residential home sales, even though I did start out as a commercial real estate developer and have worked in that venue as well. The last year, I published my book, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day. So I devote quite a bit of time with talking to and sharing top tips of real estate. And that certainly applies to the investor as well as the owner-occupied. What are some of the tips that you've written down in the book that you think would be relevant for us? One of the top tips that applies to investors in particular is what I call New York, New York. The song by Frank Sinatra with the chorus, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That is a tool or technique that an investor can use. So if you look at the fundamentals of a certain market and you find that investors are being successful in that market and you want to go to the next market or like Wayne Gretzky says, go to where the puck is going. <laughs> if you want to go to where the market is going, then find the markets that have similar fundamentals but are on the edge or soon to be the next place where everybody wants to be because that's where the best values are, right? So if, for example, this is what Starbucks does and McDonald's did in their pursuit of real estate locations, they would look for those trends that hallmark a merging market. And so remember the New York, New York theme of if I can make it there, then I can make it anywhere. So that's where you find those fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And what are the fundamentals that we should look for? Ah, well, there's 
location, 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 mm -hmm. obviously, yep. Yep. starts with everything. The good pool of, if you're looking for residential, for being a tenant occupied and that type of product, mm -hmm. you would be looking for a good rental pool. So obviously, jobs, schools, metro access, you could just apply the Starbucks effect, the Frappuccino mm -hmm. effect that is talked about how there has been found that there's a halo effect around Starbucks. So you could maybe go to that next ring around it and look in that areas for what is upcoming neighborhoods that could be trending into better values over time. Mm -hmm. When you work with your clients, I'm not familiar with where McLean is in Virginia. So is that part of a larger market? Yes, it's the Washington, D.C. metro area. Got it. It's okay. inside the beltway of Washington, D.C. and part of the suburban Maryland, Washington, D.C. McLean is just right across the river in Potomac from D.C. When I'm working with investors, I share this I think a little bit of a paradigm shift on the concept of getting into real estate investing. And that is the idea that a million dollar asset who wants to be a millionaire, many people do, and they want to use real estate investing in order to achieve that. The asset that cash flows, the equivalent to a million dollars is what they're trying to achieve. So if you were to invest in say, financial funds or stocks or bonds, it would require a million dollars in order to cash flow on a typical rate of return over the U.S. in terms of the stock portfolios, they found that 6% is a average annual rate of return, say, for mm -hmm. example. So let's say we're going to work with that. So if you work with a 6% return, and that is a cash flow of a return over a year of $60,000 or a monthly cash flow of $5,000. If you have an asset that brings in $5,000 a month, you in fact own a million dollar asset. Well, the beauty of real estate is that if you were to buy a million dollars in financial asset stocks, you would need a million dollars. You actually need more than that because you have to earn that money and pay taxes on it. So you're probably looking as much as a million and a quarter to a million and a half. Well, what the beauty of real estate is you get the 100% asset with just investing a portion down, in most cases, 20 to 25%. So what other asset can you go out there and acquire and invest only a portion to own the asset, and then you have someone else paying that right. debt, right? So the idea is the tenant pays the mortgage, you have control over the asset. And then as time goes on, you raise rents, you pay down the mortgage or just the value increases. Then over time, then you are going to end up owning a million dollar asset. And that is a true paradigm shift or epiphany that many of my investor clients, once they have that, <laughs> they are so sold on investing in real estate. It's then the next is just finding the good, opportunities out there. But that is one of the first conversations I have with people is mm -hmm. the benefit to investing and in residential real estate. I actually am a licensed broker. But okay. I, All right. Yeah. Cool. If you have gotten to that level, I didn't want to just say agent. So <laughs> I know there's different terminology. So as a broker, 
it's interesting that you mentioned you typically bring that up to your clients. Is that something that you see from a business standpoint that could help you make more money per customer? And I know I'm putting it very bluntly and you can back off of that direct statement that I just made, but I'm thinking about it from a real estate broker standpoint. I make money when people sell or when they buy, but if I can convert my clients into real estate investors, then I'm going to make multiple fees on transactions versus just a one-off. Absolutely. That is certainly one aspect to it and train of thought. I look at it as serving the entire real estate needs of the client. So if they are wanting to diversify their portfolio into real estate, then this is a opportunity that I can present with them. We've done investor seminars in conjunction with local lenders and other professionals like CPAs and financial advisors, because they too have a pool of clients who want to have real estate as part of their portfolio. It is truly a proven wealth builder, as you know. I mean, you've interviewed how many people and the uh, countless stories of how people have achieved wealth through investing in real estate. And so it's a component of the services that we offer our clients. And yes, it does create a long-term relationship with them. If most people only move once every seven years, you don't have as many opportunities to serve their real estate needs. But if you can help them show them how to be a real estate investor, then you have that additional opportunity to work with them in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you have seminars with CPAs and other professionals. How do you organize one of those seminars? The ones that we've done that have been successful is each one of the groups of the professionals will invite their clientele. We have a very sophisticated and market-savvy clientele in McLean, Northern Virginia area, and we keep it invitation only. I know that there are many agents that have done seminars that they open up, but we keep it invitation only. And then that way, these professionals are inviting their clients and offering a value-add service for their clients who have an interest in real estate investing, then they can find out more about it under the umbrella, if you will, of mm -hmm. professionals that they vetted. Okay. And I'm asking just so that some best ever listeners who are not in your competing market, but across the country or wherever, if they want to do something similar, then they know what's working for you. So you'll reach out to a CPA or multiple CPAs and say to him or her, hey, I'd like to do an event. You bring your clients. I'll bring mine. We'll add value to their life. And it's invite only. Yes. And mortgage lenders also who want to expand their clientele often are wanting to invest in real estate. So partnering with them is another segment of the ancillary industries that have similar clients who mm -hmm. are, have an interest. Obviously, you have to have some financial capability because it does require either financial assets to pay cash or the ability to get an investor loan and qualify under those. But these people typically do. And so they're inviting a high level or a high quality potential investor. What does that meetup look like? If you can just pretend that we just arrived 
what do we experience? We've had them at your small restaurants that have a private room. We've also done them in more of a conference room setting in, say, a CPA office. We have the greeting, if you will, from all the people that are there. Typically, someone will open and just describe why real estate investing should be part of their portfolio or why they may want to consider that as part of their wealth building strategies. And then where I come in, I talk about the market opportunities in the market where some niches that we feel like there's good value and that there's good return on investment over time. And then there's a lender to talk about portfolio options or options for different products that would be available to them. And then many times there's a CPA that will you know, they have to be careful because they obviously aren't giving tax advice, but yep. they can talk generally about some of the advantages to real estate investing from the tax perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's coffee or a little bit refreshments for some discussion, open up the conversation for some questions, and then a little bit of time afterwards for all the parties to get in a little bit more one-on-one -on -one in-depth conversation if people want to get more information. And then there's the follow-through, right? So each yep. one of these professionals now has other people that are interested in the real estate investing and they can reach back to them and see how they can service their needs. Mm, I love that. And I participated in one of these as an attendee about three months ago, a bank put it on and they had a lawyer and they had a CPA and I didn't even make the connection to what you just described as to what I participated in. And during the event, I met a banker who my friend works with. And since that event, I've bought two properties and the LLC and the account is with those two banks. See, uh, because you now recognize them as yep. being involved or able to offer those services. And so you're more likely to go with them. Not that people don't quote unquote shop or already have an agent or already have a CPA, but oftentimes they're interested in working with the people that are there. And so yep. it's a networking opportunity. And some of it is that they've mentioned it. And so it's meeting a need that they would probably go pursue somewhere else if we weren't proactive about finding a way to meet their needs. Yeah, absolutely. How much in advance do you schedule this and what budget do you think someone should allocate for this type of event? If you partner with other professionals, we split the costs of the refreshments, which was really minimal. And then it's the venue that's a little bit more challenging. Part of the challenge is, is that if it was in one particular company, then sometimes people construe that as being an endorsement of that particular firm or company. So as a real estate professional, I prefer to host it either with the CPA, the financial planner, those type of professionals, or at a neutral location, oftentimes restaurants, if you'll just purchase the food and the beverages that they'll give you a, a space. So it can be as minimal as that, or it can be more elaborate. I've known people that have full sit-down dinners, right? Mm -hmm. So they can capture your attention. So that really is dependent on somebody's clientele and the budget that they're wanting to invest into it. But the idea is 
to have a conversation because as much of it is the conversation before with the invitation and to connect with the person and the follow through as much as it is at the actual meetup, as you said. So it's just one way to build a clientele of investors or there are other ways to build clienteles as well, but that's one way that we've used to success. I'm glad that you talked about this and gave us a peek behind the curtain of what it takes to do. And I'm going to ask you probably a pretty obvious question, but I'm still going to ask it. Have you gotten business from these meetups? Oh, absolutely. I have a number of my quote unquote regular investors came from these conversations. Now, some of them were already clients. And so this just took it to the next level. They already had an interest. Some of them were actually people that I met at the event because they were clients of the other professionals that were associated with it. I think that there's many people have interest in real estate investing, but they don't know where to start. And so having the professionals all together in one place and they recognized fact that if they're associating with a lender is coming that's associating with their financial planner, then they'll go, okay, there's some credibility here. I'm not starting from scratch trying to pull together a team because you've talked about that before. I mean, getting your professional team together, this is kind of one-stop shopping for Mm -hmm. those people. Absolutely. Well, Karen, based on your experience, what is your best advice ever for real estate investors? My best advice is to start now. When, if not now, I mean, people sometimes go, oh, well, the market is whatever it is it is that they say, and they have all these reasons not to. There's a Chinese proverb that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is now. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I would say the same thing is about real estate investing. I think the best time to invest in real estate was 20 years ago, and the next best time is now. I think many people become paralyzed with it, and it is, uh, I'm not discounting the fact that it has a lot of logistics associated with it, but the idea is just find yourself a real estate professional that you trust, find a lender that can work with you on getting financing that you can structure that works for you, and do it. With your own investments, what's been the most challenging investment that you've done? The most challenging investment that I've done, I have recently looked into purchasing a condo. And I'm normally not a fan of condo as it's not real estate, right? It's not real. There's no land associated with it. And there's a lot of logistics associated with condo ownership in the sense that you're dependent on the building and the management and the other owners of the condo. And when you get investor ratios too high, then the lending requirements make it very challenging, if not prohibitive, to invest in a condo. And This one particular situation, we chose it as a no-go. We made a no-go decision. It was a relatively small building. It had 17 units, and it had one owner that was four, which put the ratios into a risk level one. Then we discovered in the condo questionnaire that there was a risk level two because the reserves were not sufficient. And 
at that time, the rents were really strong, so it was very compelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, but I was like, what if there's a special assessment because the reserves are low and they're going to all recognize this? And I've seen this happen where people have purchased into a building that's small like this, and then it gets too investor heavy, and then it pretty much is only cash purchasers that can buy. And that reaches a tipping point where then values go down because if only cash purchasers can buy in. So because of that, I normally shy away from condo investment, but Mm -hmm. this one looks so sweet. It was really tempting. My preferred investment is townhomes. The benefit of a townhome is you have the homeowner association is usually pretty active at keeping the homeowners and owners keeping the exterior maintained and you have less likelihood of owners doing things that would bring the value down from an exterior point of view. The exterior maintenance costs are less with a townhome Mm -hmm. and the homeowner association fees are normally more in line with keeping the monthly expenses in the returns that you want to see. Single families obviously are a great investment, but they can present some challenges with the maintenance issues and what can happen in neighborhoods. So I'm a more of a fan of townhomes. And I think after with this last condo experience, I think I'm going to continue <laughs> along that line. <laughs> stay, stay with what's been working with, yeah, for you, right? Yeah, you know, that, for, that formula that you know that works in a certain market, there's a reason why it works. It, it's mm-hmm. kind of like back to my original comment of New York, New York. There's a reason why it works. And so if you find a formula that works, then that's a savvy investment advice there as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. I experienced something similar on my first four purchases one through three went very well. Number four, I deviated from my formula and not so much with a single family house that I bought from a wholesaler that needed to be fixed up even though I was living in New York City and it was in Texas. Just was not a recipe for success. And that is a rule of thumb. I, particularly for new investors, I really encourage people to stay within 30 minutes of their investment mm-hmm. because you could go see it. And I have have had clients who they become what, I think one of your topics was accidental landlords. Yeah, right. They become accidental landlords because the market shifts on them. They don't want to sell for the market price. So they say, oh, I'll just rent it for a few years for the market to come back. And then they move back to California or whatever. Those are the situations where I find that it becomes challenging because by the time you pay the property management expenses and you're not there to just be there, if you will, that people often get into uh, situations that, are more challenging. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fundthatflip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott, to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book, lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. Ready to bring your real estate investing dreams to life? Learn how to get focused, gain momentum, and the proven roadmap to make it happen with the Time for Investing Masterclass. 
Doors for enrollment are now open. Reserve your spot today with Neva at Neva, N-E-V-A, at timeforinvesting.com. Karen, what's the best ever book you've read? The best ever book I read? Well, I have to say mine, Real Estate Success <laughs> 5 Minutes a Day. The beauty of it is, is it's in daily five-minute increments, and so most people can read five minutes a day, and then you have one strategy, one tip, one technique to take away for your success. Best ever deal you've done that you haven't mentioned? Well, our first deal was actually our best ever deal. That often happens, and we stumbled on it. Our son moved back to the area after college and couldn't find a place to live in Arlington, which is a very popular suburb of Washington, D.C., and we're like, okay, you could be our first tenant. And so it's turned out to be the best deal we've ever owned. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? The biggest mistakes or the mistake I've made on a transaction is when you don't count all the costs and you get kind of starry-eyed with the idea of the potential and don't really pay attention to other things that are perhaps evident, but you're distracted by what you see as the opportunity. Best ever way you like to give back? We have a charity group that we give back and that in our local markets, that's what we do. We partner with a couple of other local sponsors of restaurants and do a monthly charity event. But I see my doing podcasts and my book as a way of giving back because what often happens when people achieve a high level success, many people come and want to know how you do it. And so by writing the book, that's my way of giving back to my industry. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you, Karen? My website, which is 5-Minute Success on Facebook, 5-Minute Success, and also the book's available on Amazon, so you can find me there too. And is it the number 5 minutes success, or is it spelled out? It is the number, and it's 5-Minute Success. Okay, 5minutesuccess.com. That will be in the show notes of this episode. Karen, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for talking about a lot of things, a couple of them that really stood out to me. One was the focusing on the fundamentals and also how you have created these meetups locally and partnered with other professionals, bringing in their clients, you're bringing your clients, it's invite only, and together you all benefit and you have gotten regular investors from those meetups and also your approach with the condo versus townhome investing. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Ready to bring your real estate investing dreams to life? Learn how to get focused, gain momentum, and the proven roadmap to make it happen with the Time for Investing Masterclass. Doors for enrollment are now open. Reserve your spot today with Neva at Neva, N-E-V-A, at timeforinvesting.com.